right. Hey, everyone. I am Kyle Chambers with Quality Matters Podcast, and this is our second episode of the Business Visionaries Book Club. So the idea for this, you know, really just came about from actually uh, Steve posting, and we'll get him introduced in a second, posting about some different books and some ideas about it. And I just love reading and, and learning about new things. So I thought, well, hey, why not do something? So we thought we'd do a little different format, just kind of a, a sit down casual, sit down, have a beer, have a chat, and, uh, and enjoy it. So I want to get uh, the rest of the team here introduced. So we've got to, obviously uh, Steve Lewis. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Well guys, it's great to be here at the TQA headquarters. Yes. Down in Paraland, Texas. Um, yeah, my name is Steve Lewis. I help CEOs develop and execute business strategies for either business development or project execution. Okay. All right, I'm Rob. Uh, Rob Thompson, working currently with uh, Berkman International. And what we do there is really help organizations have a better understanding of themselves and their people and make major improvements with that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, thank you very much for the invite. Great yeah. to be here. Uh, John Halliburton. Uh, my firm, InSearch uh, Energy Recruitment, uh, we work with uh, companies engaged in offshore oil and gas okay. and offshore renewables, specifically offshore floating wind. Okay. And my company recruits uh, executives, uh, engineering, project execution um, on a global scale. All right. Well, let's chat here then about the book we've got this week. So I don't even know who picked this one. I know I, I don't know. I didn't pick okay. it. Okay. Well, then at least... Guilty. Okay. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is, if you can't see already here, is The First 90 Days by Michael Watkins. So I wasn't really sure what to expect. This is one I hadn't read before, and so it's really pretty much what it says. So you're in a new position, whether it's a promotion in the existing company, or you move into something totally brand new, or maybe cross to another division. And I really like that he kind of make the distinctions between those two, because it's really different, uh, different approach. And it's just, yeah, the first 90 days, how do you make it a success? And so just a lot of kind of fun uh, points in there. I, I guess what I, I probably like the most is, and it's so very true, is those first couple of weeks kind of set the tone and set the stories that people are going to tell about you for the next five years, right? Exactly. Who is this guy? What's he about? Is he a micromanager? Does he work with people? Is he competent? Is he not? Doesn't mean any of those stories are accurate. It's just what people are going to remember you by. And so he kind of talks about how setting that tone. So um, what made you want to pick this book? You know, I've, I've used this. I've only changed companies a couple of times in my career, but I remember needing to prepare as much as humanly possible. And and I will rec fully recognize, and you can prepare as much as you can read every single book, but not until you start that day one do you really know what, what you're dealing with. It's kind of yeah. like, like having a baby. You know, you, you can read all the books about it, but <laughs> until you're woken up every two hours for oh, the yeah. next eight weeks, you really don't know what you're gotten yourself into. But, uh, but the premise is that, yeah, your success is going to be defined by those first 90 days. And, you know, Maybe in business in the past we can get by with 85% utilization or efficiency or productivity. Right. I think nowadays you got to be at 99.9% .9 or you're just not going to make it. Yeah. So, Rob, you, you help folks uh, find and train new uh, sales folks. Absolutely. So, how's this apply with, with you? It's really applicable. I won't go into when I first read this book, it was actually a long time ago. Uh, when I was promoted to actually a manager and operations team. Okay. And since then moved to sales and work with a lot of salespeople. 
And the key thing for a sales person, sales leadership, is talking about what are you gonna do for your first 30, 60, and 90. Yeah. And having that level of framework is important. And it's a responsibility, I think, of the individual, Mm-hmm. And then also the hiring manager, or the whoever's onboarding that person. Yeah. Uh, and, go ahead. I, I can attest to that. I've been in a couple of positions, like whether it's, um, you know, from retail to, you know, moving into your first actual management position. Like, mm-hmm. no one tells you what to expect. They're just like, here's the job. Go do it. Yeah. And you're lucky if you get a job description. Mm-hmm. And, and over the years, I've worked with a lot of financial advisors and the way they've done their onboarding is they put them in a conference room, uh, throw the Series 7 manual in front of them and say, <laughs> study, pass, and then talk to me. Right. So that's a little different scenario. But the reality is what I liked about the book and I liked the, the concept is setting those foundational things mm-hmm. and making sure that you identify and have a plan of what you're going to do for those first 90 days. Uh, now, I when think, he talks about yeah. plan, like we all talk about planning, we yeah. know how important planning is. But like, what are some actual tools that you guys see implemented for for these type of things? You know, what's that look like? It says make a plan for your first thirty days. Like, John, you, you mm-hmm. work with staffing folks all the time. You know, what would those plans look like? That's a great question. Uh, it, I think you'd be uh, shocked to discover that uh, even your largest corporations out there don't um, have a, a consistent onboarding and training uh, program and really at the end of the day it's uh, oftentimes left up to the individual to figure it out themselves <laughs> on the fly oh, yeah yeah and that's why you know books like uh, like this book are so I think fundamental to help you know people figure out and navigate you know what that first 90 days is going to look like yeah. and you know it was a great point that you made earlier Steve no matter how much due diligence you do on the front end mm-hmm. to try and fully understand the company the culture the co-workers, the management, the expectations, once you get there, I mean, it's it's uh, you have no idea what truly to expect. Yeah. Drink it from the fire hose. So yeah. th- these books right here, for example, this one, uh, I think it lays out a great framework by which just about any kind of profession or job description or level of responsibility can kind of plug into. Yep. The fundamentals are there. I think uh, that you just need to you know, plug in what uh, what you want to achieve in the first 90 days. No, I agree. And he does a really good job in the book of addressing, like, this isn't just you're moving into a management role or an executive mm-hmm. role. This could be you are the absolute bottom level. You know, you, you that's the lowest rank you can get on the, the company. You still have a process to go through. I mean, you still got to get to know who you're working with. You got to know the culture of the, the organization. And that culture thing, I, honestly, I never really understood until I started doing consulting work. And it is just mind blowing how vastly different two organizations that provide the exact same stinking service. They have the exact same output of product, night and day yeah. inside. And you know what's made uh, you know last year what we all went through with COVID and the fact that uh, we had social distancing uh, across the board on a global scale is that a company's culture, especially for new hires mm-hmm. coming on board, you can't really ascertain accurately what a culture is when most of your communication is done uh, via Zoom. Yeah, You can't fully appreciate how the company basically does their work because you're not side by side Yeah, right next to Bob Smith or Susan Smith. Yeah, no, I got it. There, there's something we said for going down the, the hall and knocking on a knocking on a door. And, you know, it's something we, we struggle with. You know, our, our business, Tech Quality Assurance, we're a um, we're all remote. You know, we've got the office here, but honestly, half time it's just a uh, more than half time it's just me and Darcy here. 
and so it, it makes it difficult um and you know we've got actually a team member here caleb he's running the uh, the cameras on the back end and he, he can attest that you know we will probably spend some days half the day on zoom but it's still not the same as just sitting down together yeah, you lose those micro conversations. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you you don't get to know people as people. Mm -hmm. And in non consulting speak, a micro conversation is water cooler talk. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially, I think they say seventy percent of all communication mm -hmm. is nonverbal. Yeah, that's what we're talking about—the split, the difference—and yeah. it's it's yeah. all these concepts like mm -hmm. they cross over so much. You know, so much crossover. I know one of the things that we're talking with a lot of companies on right now uh, at Berkman is that we have people returning to the office. Mm -hmm. And part of that process is over the last year, new people have been hired. Mm -hmm. So going through the process of learning who your coworkers are yeah. and speeding up that process huh. to help people get to know each other at a different level than oh that's rob he's a sales guy that's steve he does our bookkeeping and that's right. johnny who does like uh, operation stuff right i hadn't even thought about that yeah so many folks are getting back into the office oh it's yeah it's like everyone's going through this whole process again mm -hmm. and you figure like one of the reasons why mitch watkins wrote the book was that there is such great turnover in organizations uh even your really great organizations are going to have about 25 to 30 percent year-over-year right. turnover right. so you think over four years that's a completely new set of people yeah. over four years that's true. and a lot of those folks are just not prepared for the the transition you think about if you have a 30-year career and you change jobs every 18 to 24 months which you john you may see it more often now gets accelerated more than when i started working like it's like they tell me the lifespan of a sales leader is between uh, 16 and 24 months. Wow. Really? If you make it to 24 months, you're actually a dinosaur. Really? Uh-huh. And I think a lot of it has to do with the speed with which technology oh. is developed and deployed yeah. and yeah. used by different companies in different ways. Yeah. And so it's a constant learning process of keeping up with technology, not to mention um, learning, understanding, and being comfortable with the company's culture. I think one of the many um, aspects about the book that resonated with me is that most often uh, the case, the most successful folks that do come in and really perform in the first 90 days spend at least the first month or so just hanging out, getting yeah. used to how business mm -hmm. is done with yeah. that company, with uh, as, as opposed to just coming in and automatically trying to make an automatic impact right out of the gate. Yep. That's, you're really setting yourself up for a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. And that takes time to, mm -hmm. to understand and observe and get a feel for the company and their rhythm, their cadence, and yeah. how they do the business. Yeah. No, I, uh, I I totally agree. You know, this is sure I've told on the podcast probably several times. And if Darcy's you know listening, she'll get mad at me for telling it again. She, of course she's story. listening, right? Of course <laughs> she's a listening. good story. Actually, I think she's doing baseball with her kids right now. Okay, All right. That's, that's allowed. <laughs> but um, no, when I was working uh, at previous company, it was a uh, you know overhaul, repair, you know fabrication type shop, and I was the IT guy. Right? I was just a sysadmin handling the exchange server, the web page, you know, anything technology related. And I got tossed into health and safety. And so it was really interesting reading through the book here. I'm like, okay, well, I did some of these really well. Like, then others, like, oh my gosh, no, no kidding. That's why this took me so long. Right. So the planning part, actually, I did horribly, horribly on. But when it came to like what you're talking about, kind of just take time to get to know folks. Uh, that, that was my, uh, that was my lifesaver. 
Um, and I actually just started because this was maybe a week after I've been officially nominated HSE coordinator, which is a fun title because it means you have yeah. all the responsibility and none of the authority. <laughs> <through>. <laughs> um, so I was the HSE coordinator and IT administrator. And I was installing a new network switch in one of the shops that weekend. And all the guys were out in the shop for lunch break, right? And, you know, these guys are from all over the place, right? You know, you know they're from Ecuador and Guatemala and you name it. My gosh, their wives could cook. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, they could cook. So they'd have this big lunch, you know, on the weekend. So they'd set everything out. And so here they see this, you know, kind of geeky guy coming in the mix of all this. And I just sat down, literally just sat down and ate with them. And that made all the difference in the world because it was really, really clear for years after that, that original group of guys versus the rest of the company. It was a very different, uh, very different take. Tell you what, yeah. I, you know, we think in terms of when we start a new role, mm -hmm. right? What does my boss want? Right. Or how am I going to manage my subordinates? But looking at those horizontal relationships yeah. might be the difference between success and failure because mm -hmm. everyone has their own specific prime directives, whether right. you're HSC or your operations or sales, mm -hmm. there's kind of this creative friction that's caused because everyone's kind of pulling in different directions. Yeah. So if you can go ahead and get everybody aligned yeah. with what you want to achieve, mm -hmm. man, that the the whole everything's ready for going full full blast. No, absolutely. And you know, on uh, the Quality Matters podcast, <clears throat> I talk all the time about this, the process approach. And it's real simple. You identify what are the expected outputs you have. Like what you talked about, and he talks about in the book quite often, you know, what are your boss's expectations? How can you make your boss look good? You know, that's mm -hmm. never a bad thing to do. If you can make mm -hmm. your boss look good, you're doing good. Oh, yeah. So these are some of the expected outputs. It's a good way to keep from getting fired. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, well, what are the required inputs to get there? You know, like, you know, maybe we can figure out how to do it, but what are our core inputs? And this is part of it, mm -hmm. is you don't want to rock the boat too bad. You know, who's really struggling? Who's got an ego? Mm -hmm. These things are really vitally mm -hmm. important. And one of the things that we touched on earlier is just how things have accelerated in the world we live in today. It's, it's saying it's uh, stopped. Huh. Excuse me, we got a little technical yep. problem here. What's going on? Well, it's fun for a second. Take yeah. Take yeah, you got it. Yeah, I think we're back. So I don't okay. really know what happened, but that'll be for me to figure out later. So yeah, last happens. time I had audio issues this week, uh -huh. the video cut out. But in any case, did you pay your internet bill? I did. I did. But we had a great conversation, and hopefully, those people that would continue to listen enjoyed it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> if anybody's yes. looking to get into offshore renewables as a profession, uh, John, maybe you got to talk to. There we go. Thank <laughs> well, you it's, it really is fascinating what's going on. Like, um, we, we've seen a lot of surge recently from folks in the uh, renewables area looking mm -hmm. to do a lot. So it, it's really, really interesting. But yeah. um, <laughs> sorry for the technical difficulties. But yeah, mm -hmm. back to uh, back to the book here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were talking about like the you know, kind of the importance of really paying attention to these more soft skills of cultural type ideas. And, mm -hmm. you know, you don't step on toes in those first 30 days no. and, and you don't know who has easy toes to step on. Mm -hmm. So, and, and to your point on that, one of the things that I've always done uh, throughout my career and now as working as, before as a consultant and now working with the team at Berkman is we help assess what those behavioral traits are mm -hmm. and help people in those first 90 days accelerate to know how people react. 
to know how people, whether that more outgoing, more task oriented, and then kind of putting that in a framework so they can understand how people are. Now, see, if there's one thing lacking from this book, it's, it's some of these details, mm-hmm. right? So he gives a fantastic outline of things you need to pay attention to. Oh, yeah. But, you know, expand on that a little bit. You're talking about how do you figure out some of this stuff? And especially, like, I'm kind of socially inept. I don't I don't. Well, the, up the, on these I, things. I even think of it as, like, corporate <laughs> hacks. Okay. You know, if, if you want to, like, put it in, in that kind of framework, you can go into an organization and uh, meet with everybody one-on-one and people will present themselves as they want to be perceived. Mm-hmm. So I, we refer to that as the usual needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality is underlying that is their actual needs, how they wanted people to speak to them, how they right. want people. Mm-hmm. But because they've been um, worked in different environments, like I know for myself personally, I come across as very aggressive. Right. And the reality is, if you come at me the same way I come at everybody else, it's probably not going to work out that well for you. I'm going to push back a little bit because that's not what my needs are. It's just because I, coming up, I was working in financial services with a whole bunch of people from Manhattan, and it was like doggy dog kind of right. mindset, and it's kind of been programmed uh, into me. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, well, John, what do you advise folks when they get in? How, how do you how do you figure out where you fit in with the organization? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's tough to do. I mean, it takes time to do that. Uh, you know, I know. Of course, we're speaking about uh, about the first ninety days today. But one of my other favorite audiobooks I've been listening to is Ray Dalio's Principles, and a big part mm-hmm. of Principles um, is centered around understanding. Um, people's strengths and weaknesses and, okay. and, and what uh, they're trying to achieve. So gotcha. I, th- I think if you consider part of a big part of what this book is, is advocating is in terms of achieving alignment is right. understanding who your, who your team players are, understanding right. who your uh, managers are, who your subordinates are. And, uh, you know, there are many ideas out there about, for example, putting together baseball cards on individuals' respective skills, yeah. their talents, what they bring to the table, a track record of their success, for example. Right. So if you have a better appreciation of that kind of intel, you, can better, you can better navigate how you're going to work with uh, with the company. But there again, it just takes time. You can't just yeah. snap your fingers and expect to be able to figure it all out in right. an organization, mm-hmm. even a small organization, yeah. within the first you know yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah. We were talking about something last week over lunch, and, mm-hmm. and he... And, and it's really easy to fall into this trap when you first get started at a company to try to do everything all at once. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so John and I were talking about an uh, interesting analogy about juggling balls. Can you elaborate on that? For the uh, that's right. I, I, I went to uh, high school with, uh, with a young lady that, uh, that recently published uh, an article about juggling balls. And okay. some of these balls are uh, obviously it's metaphorical in, mm-hmm. in nature, but uh, some are glass and others are rubber. And you can afford to drop the rubber balls on occasion, but the glass balls right. like your family, mm-hmm. um, your health, for mm-hmm. example, you can't really drop too many of those until you know you really get in trouble. So yeah. I think you could probably have the, the same kind of mindset with respect to the first 90 days. There are some right. things that you really have to do well right out of the gate. There are some others you can probably afford to have a few missteps mm-hmm. here and there, but others like making your boss look good, you yeah. know, that's probably mm-hmm. a glass ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think the, <laughs> the, 
And I'm going to share a story that's probably completely unrelated to this, but I had a uh, colleague, a colleague I worked with at Invesco years ago, and I was having the conversation with them during that get to know you phase. And I asked him, so what do you want to get out of the job? What do you want? What's your long-term goal? Mm-hmm. His name was Lewis, and I can get a link to his website so you can share it later. <laughs> and uh, he goes, I want to be a juggler. I'm like, What? <laughs> Because, yeah, I'm a professional juggler. I just kind of have this job to make money. And uh, he would come to the uh, company picnics and stuff. And you talk about glass balls or rubber balls and which ones you can drop. Lewis, he juggled knives. Oh, wow. Oh, fun. And he would do it with a partner. And they would go back and forth and have, and, and I remember, it was her, I'm not going to use her last name, but one of our managers was Laura, had her hold a carrot in her mouth and this is completely... <laughs> See, I, I was a safety guy. Like, th- this is recordable. The OSHA, the OSHA stuff. You guys are probably like losing your mind over this. But he's juggling knives back and oh forth in front of her and uh, cuts the carrot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's precision right there. That, yeah. He was and, really good. And trust. Yes. Oh, yeah. And he's a professional juggler now. Juggler now and I think it's a professional burlesque slash juggling show. It may not be uh, family appropriate for the podcast, but you watch his videos. He's an amazing, amazing artist and uh, just juggler. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. <laughs> so you brought up juggling. I was like, oh, good. Yeah, see, I don't think I have a follow-up to that. Right. No. Like, <laughs> you know, how do you go from you know burlesque juggling and Burlesque juggling. It's like this doesn't <laughs> even... You, that's for many people, people listening today, this is probably the first time you've heard those words used in a sentence, unless you know Lewis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what, what all of us do, really, in our job is, uh, is juggle. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Juggle uh, all kinds mm-hmm. of expectations, uh, responsibilities, uh-huh. uh, commitments. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it's a, oftentimes, as we mentioned before, in a very fluid environment where technology is moving at a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you keep up with everything? It, it's mm-hmm. it's tough. I, I you know, especially talking about technology. It's one thing that um, is so so easy to get caught up and lost in is all of the tools we have available can absolutely paralyze you. Yeah. Like which one do I use? Oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. But you got to think about the rest of the team. So if you come in, especially if you're new to a position, and one of the first things you do is start implementing new, mm-hmm. um, you know, technology, new new yeah. software, new tools. People are really resistant to change. Mm-hmm. You know, let me tell you, I'm going to pick on Darcy a little bit. You know, her phone is probably six years old because mm-hmm. she don't want to change. Yeah. And it's iPhone. Mm-hmm. iPhone. The iPhone's kind of the same, but she don't want to change. Mm-hmm. And people are really that way. And so you may have come from a company that had just fantastic tools, and you know, you know the improvement it's going to make. Yeah. But if you try to ram that down the system, yeah. don't work. Yeah. Uh-uh. My, my mentor, um, he always talked about uh, doing to build an organization, you people, processes, and then tools. And you got to yes. do it in that order. Yes, that's um, good. So like, you know, uh, the good to great says, get the right people on the bus first. Yep. We'll figure out where to sit. Yep. Define the process, how people are going to communicate, what's the goal. Yep. And then you can institute these tools to help people do their job easier. Yeah. But you can't do it the other way around, can no. you? No. And, you know, it's funny how much, again, all of these ideas cross over. So mm-hmm. it's really sometimes just a matter of, like, where are we really focusing on? Should we focus on my first day, 90 days on the job? Or, you know, like, I'm just thinking about the quality management side mm-hmm. of things. 
you know, every time I talk about ISO 9001, like, what's the first thing that pops your head when I say that? <laughs> oh, sorry. Do that. sorry. What's ISO? <laughs> yeah. what, what about no, the first 9,000? <laughs> well, you know, folks, well, the biggest thing we hear is like, you know, well, I don't want all the procedures. I don't, you know, that's what you think of it. You think about all the mm. documentation. But it's not. If you read the principles that this stuff yeah. is built on, yeah. it is nothing but cultural, people-centered ideas. Mm. Then you get to the process, and then you get to the actual tools of how to do the day-to-day jobs. Mm-hmm. That's right. But, you know, tools are easy to identify. Mm -hmm. There's so much information out there. I mean, one of my favorite quotes here recently is Pico Aya said, said it perfectly, I think, a a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. Yes. And, I mean, just today, for example, I I was honestly struggling with, okay, where did this message come from? Did it, was it text? Was it an email? Yes. Was it a phone call? Was it LinkedIn? Was it Facebook? Was it Twitter? <laughs> oh. Was it uh, Flipboard? Uh, yeah. Was it any myriad of ways, Instagram, that, that we right. stay connected? So if that's just, you know, consider if, you know, all these different sources of information from a personal standpoint, think right. about what it's like from a business standpoint. All right, oh, yeah. is it LinkedIn? Is it business email? Is it Slack? Mm-hmm. Is it uh, this? I mean, it's uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's a tough, t- it's a tough, uh, um, subject to navigate through. I mean, there'll definitely be something to sit down and actually document for yourself, you know, that first week. Like, how do people communicate over this? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, so I'm responsible for, for all of these things. Okay, so I've got to get these reports. Where do they come from? Mm-hmm. Do I generate them? Does someone else generate yep. them? What software are they generated from? What softwares mm-hmm. are they generated from? I had a friend of mine, Brian O'Connell, and uh, he always jokes. He goes, Man, I've been here six months. I don't even know how to load the toner into the copier. <laughs> so you forget about those simple things yeah. that you kind of have to map out. And Watkins does a good job talking about in the book is managing those people and processes and stuff. And then he takes a step back and managing of self. Because mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who has started a new gig or a job or anything and not had those ups and downs the first couple months. Mm-hmm. Because there's a ton of anxiety that you have going into it. Uh, You have disappointment because you thought things were going to work out a certain way and they don't. Right. And then you have a lot of highs like, man, I really nailed that or that's coming together great. And then you have other days and uh, you do everything you can in your power to do the right thing. And for whatever reason, uh, either market conditions or uh, culturally in the organization, it all goes to hell. Yeah. And like, it should have worked perfectly. And I know even for myself personally, to be sitting at my desk saying, we did everything right. We had a plan. We had the right people. Right. We had it laid out. And then it still didn't work. Yeah. No, and it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I got in the habit years ago of I always getting into the office early. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be. But here's the thing is that that first hour, hour and a half I'm, I'm in the office, like, heck, I'm going to talk to anyone. I'm not responding to emails. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything. That first part of my day is simply to make my daily thinking to-do list. Mm-hmm. What is it that I didn't mm-hmm. accomplish yesterday? Mm-hmm. What do I already know of I have to deal with today? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it can be as simple as, and I've you know done this before. It's like, okay, you need to have a little chit-chat just water cooler talk you, you yeah. need to go down to the shop and talk to these folks mm-hmm. down here because mm-hmm. you forget you forget mm-hmm. to, tr- to do these things mm-hmm. I mean, you have to make those make those a priority mm-hmm. like I, I made a point that I would have lunch in one of the shops one day a week yeah. 
That's very cool. That's a great idea. And so we had four shops. So then, mm -hmm. you know, one day a week, I actually got lunch to myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you, you have to put those things, you have to put them on paper. Mm -hmm. You, you got to note it and do it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, everyone else's solution is going to be going to be different. But that's that's mine. Yeah. Another great hack for that is uh, time blocking in your calendar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like making sure that you either block out that morning time or afternoon. I know I work with a guy, Jay. Great guy. Loved him to death. Uh, helped him get probably the best job he ever got in his life. But in the morning, I'd walk in, and we were early. It was 7.30-ish or so. Mm -hmm. And this dude would pop up from his desk. He was there at 6. <laughs> and wouldn't let me even get to my desk first before he's just rattling off all the stuff that we had to deal with for that day. Yeah. And finally, one day, I stopped Jay. I was like, listen, yeah. brother. Yeah. I love you. But you need to let me get in the door, mm -hmm. put my bag down, mm -hmm. at least have a sip of coffee. So... At least 15 minutes. Yeah. You're not allowed to talk to me. Right. And he was okay with that. So it's interesting, you know, uh, part of what we do, of course, is speak with people about what's not working well sure. with their current uh, situation, their current employment. And, uh, you know, I've been recruiting for 25 years, and um, there are really two consistent themes across the board. Number one, just lack of, of fundamental effective communication between mm. people. And then secondly, to your point, is establishing clearly defined boundaries. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, the first thing in the morning, I need an hour and a half of alone time. Jeff, you know, I'd love yep. to talk with you a little bit later, mm -hmm. but, right. you know, let's... So clearly defined boundaries yep. and just basic communication. I mean, especially as we mentioned before, you know, in this day and age of Zoom, it's so difficult to pick up on these nonverbal cues mm -hmm. that, uh, that, that we as humans, uh, you know, that's the best way that we communicate. Uh, you know, I've had this conversation... Uh, with my company as well is like you know maybe calling out a camera guy over here a little bit is we've had to have these discussions because it's like well as things come up you know when i get a, this is part of my personality is if i get a message like something in me i have to read it mm -hmm. i have to read it because i don't know if it's important i don't know if it's not i have to read it and so we'll have to be like okay we need to batch some of the questions and you know it just worked well for me of course different people are different but you got to know these things you got to really pay mm -hmm. attention to it. I like the uh, you know the baseball card idea for folks. Like, yeah, that's what are the big really don't do's? Yeah, that's that's good to know. Yeah, you know what stresses them out and how they react when they're stressed. Yes. so you can identify whether or not you're pushing them at that point. Well, and like I say, I'm not all that uh, you know little socially net. You know, I have a hard time in, in in these situations, and so I have my own little mental list. Of, okay, well, mm -hmm. this is what I can do with this person. This is how they they handle things. Mm -hmm. I like when you said you went and had lunch with the different groups because when you do need them, when there is a problem, mm -hmm. you're not going to them for the very first time. Right. Like, hi, yes. my name is Kyle. Yeah. Right. You messed up, you know? Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah, especially in the, you know, HSE world, it's like you're not the good guy. Yes. Like, people don't know you as the yeah. good guy. Oh, the auditor coming mm -hmm. to look at oh, what's yeah. uh, yeah. going yeah. on. Mm -hmm. The only time people see you is when something, you, you screwed up something or yeah. we're going to make your life more difficult. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I had a, a friend of mine once, he came to me one day and he's like, Kyle, you got to realize you're probably the most hated person in the whole company. I'm like, thanks, buddy. That's, <laughs> that's uplifting. You have mm -hmm. a good morning, too. It's like internal affairs. you know. <laughs> and he's like, well, think about it, Kyle. You're the IT guy, so you block Facebook yeah. for everyone. They don't like that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, you know, of course, you safety, environmental stuff. No one likes you there. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, 
it, it's really really difficult to, mm-hmm. to maintain those those actual people connections it's probably why you and I get along so well at one point in my career I ran the quality assurance group for okay. uh, the company I was working for and to your point that's when I read this book for the first time as I was moving taking over the manager's role for that uh-huh. position and I knew most of the people and I, and I smiled internally when you were talking about the most hated person in the company <laughs> because for that I after reading the book for that first 90 days meeting with all the different department heads yeah and explaining what really the goal was to make sure they they knew I was more had their back than was against them right and trying to move like we were doing data entry at the time and it was had financial impact mm-hmm. and we're at about 90 percent accuracy rate with our data entry mm. and yeah and some of it resulted <laughs> in like checks going to the wrong addresses or wires going to the wrong places or address changes a lot of client facing stuff so the, you can't really uh, afford to mess up there no very public, no, very quick yeah <laughs> uh just decided one day we sent the check to the wrong guy and uh, we called him up and said, hey, listen, uh, we, we didn't want to see if you sent it back to us. He goes, I'm not sending it back to you until I talk to the owner of your company. <gasps> owner of our company, we were owned by American Express at the time, mm-hmm. was uh, <laughs> in New York. And I'm like, right over there, I got to talk to him. It was James Robinson, if you remember the name from years back. Mm-hmm. So, But getting to know the different people mm-hmm. and aligning my goals with them to help the organization and help those guys do a little better mm-hmm. and get us to that that very high rate of like 98 or 99% accuracy. Yeah. So, but yeah, the thing is 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 making sure they knew you were there more to help them to mm-hmm. to just get them fired. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the biggest uh, for me personally for my for my uh, team the, the biggest return on investment is the one-on-one time that you spend with people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically just going through your the day-to-day mechanics yep. of, of the job. And just communicating one-on-one. Now, you know, we have our one-on-one official meetings um, on Mondays. And right. we have a, a, a well-laid-out itinerary. It does not change. It's it's right. the same way every single time to maintain that consistency. However, oftentimes the best um, success is just your 15-minute, you know, yep. hey, let's, let's go grab a conference room real quick and yeah. talk out some stuff. And that eliminates the possibility. And it happens all the time where mm-hmm. people... Uh, misconstrue you know a conversation mm-hmm. they get steamed up for a couple yeah. of hours or a couple of days uh-huh. it doesn't get resolved and before you know it you've got a situation mm-hmm. it, to your point you're spot on because these guys know having talked to them about sales i always tell them what the most important thing to do is pick up the phone That's or cool. go meet with somebody face to face and so often today nowadays People depend on the technology. To your point earlier, yeah. Kyle, like mm-hmm. going all the way back to the people and the process, and then doing the tech last. Yeah. Now it's all tech. Everyone it's thinks right. tech. It's yeah. a, like a, a Slack message, and mm-hmm. then what? To your point, people get all burned up because they misread it or get mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. wrong cue from it. Mm-hmm. And I think with this laying out that plan, and then the other pieces, and he doesn't talk a lot about it is taking that plan and articulating it to your team, right. the people you're going to work with, to your peers, the people you're going to work with there as well. Mm-hmm. And then also make sure your boss, your manager, or the yeah. owner of the company, whoever you work for is on, on board with it. Mm-hmm. Buy-in, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, me achieving my goals, it's all about 
your ability to, to do your part. So yeah. I can't be successful unless right. you are. Mm-hmm. Just that basic, mm-hmm. just that basically saying that in person to your team, I think yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. something, again, because I, I guess I kind of do things a little differently, but uh, again, when I took over safety pretty shortly after that, I was like, man, how am I going to tell these guys like what to do if I don't have some semblance of what they do? And the last time I'd welded was in high school, yeah. and it was, it was pitiful. And so really didn't understand much what these guys did. Mm-hmm. And so what I told them, they kind of laughed at me for it. And this is all before the, uh, what is it, the uh, reality TV show, The Undercover Boss. Mm-hmm. Oh, there like, you go. Way before Undercover Boss. You're like boss. the undercover quality guy? I was. <laughs> right. so I, I, did you put a costume on? Um, I put on the, uh, I went and did the abrasive blasting. I had uh-huh. a supplied air jump, respirator. Jumps, uh-huh. everything. Oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, took up welding. The guys were showing me how to do everything with the welding on. Um, you know, I spent it and I did the whole day, like whatever mm-hmm. I can do the whole day. Now the welding, they, they didn't, I, I didn't do that all day cause I was screwing stuff up, uh-huh. <laughs> but other stuff, I, I did a full day of it. So I put in a full shift doing the abrasive blasting, a full shift doing grinding, full shift in the inspection bay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at first they kind of laughed at me for it. And, but then, you know, once I'm a week and a half into doing these jobs, you're like, Okay, he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. Mm -hmm. They get to laugh at me. I do stupid stuff. We have fun Mm -hmm. with it, you know. I think that brings up a good point. You know, it's, uh, you know, I think myself included, uh, I've made the mistake of being perhaps a bit too mechanical, you know, Mm -hmm. in my execution of my plan. And, uh, you you know, we miss the the importance of being human and and demonstrating that, hey, we make mistakes too. Yep. You know, we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think when, when you have that kind of, demonstration with your team with your boss whatever mm-hmm. demonstrating of course that you're human and that you yeah. know, you're going to make mistakes people kind of relax a little bit because well then they can make a couple of mistakes right. here and there and they're not going to you know lose their job either. right well yeah. and the key word there is demonstrate yeah. like we've all heard these speeches you know you're supposed to be on board with this you're supposed to understand but like actually doing it yeah. is is very very different mm-hmm. yeah setting, setting a good example yeah um when uh, there's a company that John, I know you guys might know as well, Tudor Pickering Holt. Um, they put their values right there on the website. Right. And very few companies do that for whatever reason. And I know anyone just put words on a website, right. no big, no problem. But when you see them in person, you speak with them, you realize that they are living those same values. Right. And then that just for me allows me to kind of relax a little bit. I know I can trust them because right. they do what they say and say what they do. And um, you, no one wants to have a boss who says one thing, says right. the, you know, do do as I say, don't do as I do, mm-hmm. um, and because that's really a quality of a, of a good leader right there. Yeah. Well, we got a few minutes here left. Like, what are some, I guess, you know, either key points that resonate which they haven't talked about yet, or maybe some uh, good practical examples of how to live out these ideas. I'll jump in because uh, after I read this book, the one of the things. I did and even speaking or listening to the uh, author is you can use it for your first 90 days, but then also for that next 90 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the practice I try to run is kind of do 12 week sprints for mm-hmm. myself and my mm-hmm. team. So run those 90 day uh, mindset because five and five year plans or one year plans are great, but things change so much as yeah. the last year tells us things change a lot. <laughs> so right. being able to manage in those like 90 day or 12 week periods sure. uh, has always been helpful for me and in my career with that. No, no, I totally agree. You had an idea about the, the last 90 days you wanted to do. I, I did, you know, um, you know what I call reputation management, mm-hmm. which is now, now this is for people who are still employed that have, you know, 
unfortunately right. not been fortunately not been laid off. But you know, if someone does decide to to leave a company, mm-hmm. um, what you do in the last ninety days oh, yeah. in that job, I think, makes a big difference yep. and can dramatically affect uh, the transition to the next ninety days yeah. with your new job. And a lot of that has to do with making sure, quite simply, that you depart the company, you leave the organization in as good a shape as you possibly can. And that means so many different things. For example, if you're a project manager responsible for X type of project, make sure that you have all the folks in place that can effectively step in and pick up where you left off. Yep. Um, you want to make sure that you communicate to your customers, you know, your, what, what your plans are. And whatever you can do to foster and encourage that continuity of relationships with the previous company. Because especially in the oil and gas business, you have no idea who you might be working <laughs> yeah. for or mm-hmm. working with or yep. who might be your customer. And, uh, and reputation management, I think, is, uh, is really important. That, that is something that just blows me away constantly is how incredibly small of a world it still is, right? There may be seven plus billion people, but my gosh, you know, everyone knows someone. Exactly. Yeah. I always, uh, go ahead. Well, the, well, the thing I'd like to leave with, uh, for those who haven't read the book or think about reading the book, please, uh, there's a section in there that defines what situation the company's in mm. and the acronym is stars or yes. a startup or yeah. turnaround. And I was very That's fortunate true. to work in companies where it was an accelerated growth. Right. And so you had to bring on a lot of people at once. Mm-hmm. And there's probably when you're a small company, you don't really have a lot of processes to find. Right. You know, and it's, it's all kind of tribal knowledge, but you bring all these people in, you have to. Yep. And, and there's so many processes that you can get into. Yep. And I found that I just focus on three when I come in. Hmm. It's how to win work, how to do work, and how to get paid for that work. <laughs> yeah, Those the are last three. one being very important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well Especially put. working for yourself is no it's kind of important. There. Yeah. Well no put. kidding. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, um, anyone else got anything here? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So for anyone that is watching, listening, we're hoping to put one of these out on a monthly basis. If you have an idea of something you'd like to put out, Got something fun you want to, uh, us to review? Drop it in the comments. Be happy to take a look at it. Um, and you know, any questions you might have for us, you know, outside of course the book club, we all have our own businesses, we all have our own jobs, we've got our own careers, but we love to talk to folks. I think that's something that's common about all of us is we just love to talk to folks, help solve problems. If we can offer a little bit of quick advice to you, we're going to. If we can get a little more involved and, and do some better work for you, we want to be able to do that as well. But um, I just kind of like this idea because, like, mm-hmm. I love I love reading. I've read, gosh, mm-hmm. two hundred plus books in Audible alone, mm-hmm. and wow. it's like, well, That's you know, I, I may spend a lot of time figuring out, well, what do I want to read next? Because of those two hundred, there's probably like fifty or sixty that were just a complete waste of my time, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to be able to avoid those. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like this idea. It's like you, you can get the, the main concepts, understand what people actually get out of it. So mm-hmm. very good. I guess that that's all I got. Unless y'all got anything else. Yeah, thanks. Adios, thanks everyone. For the no, thank you. Appreciate it.